My name's Ivan, and I'm a scientist by day and a writer by night. And I'm Daniel, I'm a neuromuscular therapist, and I run my own practice. And you're listening to the weekly podcast, Journey to Wherever. Enjoy the show. Well, you know what they say, it's kind of like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Have you heard of that term? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I That's what I mean. With the pressing record? No, with the intro. Oh, yeah, no, we'll leave the intro. <laughs> All right. I, hey, I, everybody, it's... Uh, it's. I'm gonna. I'm, uh, hey, everybody. It's. <laughs> Start again. Three. Okay. Okay. Three. Two. One. Hey, everybody. It's Daniel here, co-host of Journey to a River. How are you this morning? This afternoon? This evening? How are you? I'm just watching you from the outside. I'm like, it sounds like you. It looks like you're recording like a new intro. I'm just yeah. like, just, I just awkwardly talking, stare at you as you're trying to talk. We're talking. I. I, I don't know. I get weird of that. When I get put on the spot, it's like I record something. I'm like. That's why whenever we. That's why I like to keep that uniqueness of the intro. I literally keep all the the lead up to yeah. the, hello. This is episode whatever. Yeah. I just leave it there because you press record and we kind of like start talking how it's going to be. Yeah. And then I'm wondering. I'm really like, bad with cues. If that makes sense. Like that to me. If we were to be like, say that this this was like you know your a show a breakfast drive show. Yeah. Where there's I'd an be audience. And they go, shit. Yeah. It's like and action. I'll be like. <laughs> I was all, oh, oh shit Jeez You alright? So that's alright man Nearly spilt all our water all everywhere water. Hello everyone It's episode 38 of Journey to Forever <laughs> uh, And I'm a clumsy co-host here Knocking tables over And this nearly dropped two glasses of water onto 38, the 38 yeah Did I say 34? No it's 38 Did you say 34? No it's 38 in case you did say 34, it's episode 38. I'm sure. I'd... Remember, we're entering a veteran status now. We are veterans, man. <laughs> we're, uh, we're doing all right. So, yeah, as you said, episode 38. <clears throat> Thank you for uh, introducing us here. And um, we've got a good show in store for you. I think we do. We don't know what the show is yet. But no, we, we do. But We kind of do. We kind of do. But that's the thing. It's, that's, it's I think the that's journey. the uniqueness of how we, we kind of go. There's about half a dozen topics we want to talk about. And then we kind of just start chatting. Let's just throw them in a blender, press go and see what comes out. Pretty much. Yeah. Have you ever done that with a Nutribullet? What? Just throw a whole bunch of shit in it? And then you just kind of... you like. Uh, have, you ever done, have you ever done that? Like you've got a, this preconceived idea what this fruit juice shake is going to look and taste like and it ends up being something completely different. And sometimes it's better and sometimes You know it's what's just... a strange, strange good combination? What's I think that? I used to put... It might have been soy milk. I can't remember. But it was soy some sort milk. of a milk base. I think it was soy milk, yeah. blueberries and peanut butter. You got this thing with peanut butter, yeah, I've I noticed. I like nuts. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but honestly, like there's this, there's this thing, like we'll be talking about anything and then somehow peanut butter just makes like its way in. like the guy in the just like, peanut butter. <laughs> you just do. It's like, yeah. oh, my car broke down. Peanut butter. It's like, we'll be in like I'll a- itchy. Peanut butter. I remember this time we, we went to the Hunter Valley years ago when, the, when like Hazel was like, what? She was like six months old, maybe? If that. No, less. She, she was less. 12. A few, it was a few weeks old. Yeah, and Adriana was. Maybe, she was still a, a almost newborn. She was a baby. I think Adriana was maybe like seven or eight months old. And we went to the Hunter Valley, and there was like that British lolly shop. Yeah. And then we went to the Hunter Valley chocolate shop. Yeah. And you always manage to find some peanut butter thing. Yeah. Is peanut butter like your your like your thing? Is it that? Nah, I don't think so. I, I think just, it, I'm gonna say it is. Nah, I like. Because like, okay, an example, we're thing. in the British lolly shop, right? Yeah. And we're like looking at stuff. So it's a British lolly shop. So there's like candy, but they've yeah. got a little chocolate section. Yeah. And it happens to be a little kind of like, what are they called again? Like the peanut Reese, butter M&Ms, Reese's peanut the butter Reese, cups. The Reese's, and then, Look, then my bang. wife likes Reese's peanut butter cups yeah. more than me. Really? There's, there's a lot of peanut oh, butter geez, there. Oh, right? you learn something new about that all the time. I but didn't, I didn't think she liked peanut butter. I like peanut butter M&Ms. 
Yeah, they're all right. You know? They're good. Yeah. You got this thing with peanut butter. I've so, noticed. well, look, you have to drizzle things, I'll melt it on why. things. If anyone wants to know what a good dessert is, all right. right. Was this from last night you were talking about? Yeah. Okay. So, go and get yourself some vanilla bean ice cream. Mm-hmm. Go and crack open a packet of plain or freckled, whatever you want it, tiny teddies. Okay. Right. You got to have most. I reckon them. plain. Honey, the honey flavor. If people don't know what tiny teddies are, if you're a parent out there and you buy like <laughs> snacks for kids' school is, lunches, is it an Australian thing? I think it's an Aussie thing. Okay. They're basically these little two centimeter long bear biscuits, biscuits in the shape of a bear. Do the Americans? It just tastes call them almost like a McDonald's they call them biscuits. There's a difference apparently. They co- call them cookies. I don't, I don't know. Anyways, well, okay, so biscuits in Australia is what we what an, an American calls an cookie. American will call a cookie. Yeah. Whereas if we say biscuit here, they're probably thinking those things they put with gravy. Yes. Different. No. Well, I'm talking like a cookie, cookie, but it's a mini cookie, right? It's a little mini it's teddy like bear cookie. It's like a McDonald's cookie flavor thing, but it's like the shape of a little bear. Anyway. Anyways. Vanilla bean ice cream. Yep. Or vanilla ice cream if you don't have vanilla bean. Yeah. Just vanilla ice cream, crack open a bag of tiny teddies, throw mm-hmm. them on top. Yeah. Get like a tablespoon of peanut butter, mm-hmm. melt it. Yes. Melt microwave. <laughs> That's the thing. Drizzle it on top. Okay. So it's a bit loose now. Why? No, I'm just saying it's loose now. Like it's because you've melted the peanut yeah, butter. Yeah, just you want to drizzle it all over there. Yeah. And then either, well, I haven't tried it with maple syrup, but probably and just drizzle a tiny bit of honey on it as well. Yeah. And uh, sounds very sweet. Yes, but it is a dessert. It's I guess. Pretty sweet. So for the day. So I don't know. I just is like that kind of like a Sunday? Is that your version of a Sunday? Um, it's a Sunday. Well, Sunday is really in a cup. Isn't well, what are you putting this in a bowl? In a bowl. What's well, so you can put Sundays in a bowl? But then it's not a Sunday. Then it's a bowl of ice cream. What's a Sunday again? In like an cup. ice cream, like a little cup thing, I think. So, okay. With like sauce thing drew it on top. Fair enough. I think. But anyway, that's what up my disease. <laughs> Peanut butter, and I don't know how we got onto that topic, but... Um, I, 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 Yeah, we got on the topic because I, think, I feel like you talk about peanut butter a lot. But how do we start talking about peanut butter in general? You said something, I said something. I can't remember. But anyways. Anyway, so, that's about it, yeah. Do you do that at work sometimes? What? Do you, do you, I'll ask you this question a little bit off to the topic of what we're going to get onto today. Yeah. Do you ever feel like you're at home yeah. and like you've either had like a really, your wife's cooked you a really good dinner or you've had like, you know, awesome barbecue. Yeah. And you pack it for the next day, right? Yeah. Because it's like, it's leftovers. your lunch, your leftovers, okay? Yeah. But do you ever look at it and be like, damn, that's a real fat shit meal? Like to have at work? <laughs> it's like, and you're like, not that you're worried about how your coworkers perceive you, but like, it's, you look at it and think like, that's a decent, decent meal. And you're like, you're sitting down and let's just say you've like, you cooked yourself some smoky American spare ribs. You've got like half a scotch fillet in there, some chips, <laughs> some chips and like maybe like, I don't know, some garlic prawn skewers. So you thought, oh, I'll just take it to work the next day because it's, it's leftovers. But then you sit down and it's like, everyone's going, oh, Ivan, nice, uh, nice lunch there. Mine's the opposite to that. I'll tell you why. Okay. But I know what you're saying, but because you've sent me pictures of like you like watching YouTube and you're like eating your lunch, right? Yeah. These mad leftovers from your barbecue and stuff. And Don't get me wrong. I love doing it when there's nobody at work. That's the thing though. This I was going to say is because your clinic is your clinic. You own the place. It's yeah. yours. You know, it's your still, kitchen. St- it's like- I still have coworkers though. No, I know that. But like- it's, if there's no one around, like you can literally sit down like a kitchen because it's your kitchen. You got yeah. a table, you got your fridge, you got you know whatever, all that stuff there, right? Yeah. Whereas me, in work, I used to eat in my office all the time because I had my own office. I close the door. Work uh, the other job. Where I was before, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I could, I had my own office. I was comfortable. I could do whatever I want, you know. Mm-mm. 
And but that now is, it's more like factor. open plan. So yeah. I can't sit at my desk and eat like that, and I don't like it. Right. So, so you, you don't sh- like eating at your desk in general. I don't or? eat. Not anymore. I used to. So is there, would you not go anymore. to, is there like a cafeteria I just area? go upstairs. I've rooftop. got like a rooftop garden and stuff. Sometimes I'll sit okay, there so or the, I'll walk out. In the rooftop, is there other co-workers there? Sometimes, but it's mostly empty. So I usually wa- just go right in the corner away from people anyway. And then I tend to walk in up there with my headphones in so no one stops and talks to me. So I can just walk. Okay, look, I'll paint a scenario. You've gone upstairs, yep. not really anyone, anybody there. You've got your fat shit meal in front of you. Would I feel like? No, no, you don't have anybody there yet. Yeah. Okay. And you're sitting down, you're about to eat it. And then someone like walks up and you know, they, everyone does the whole, you're walking upstairs to the rooftop and they do the whole, oh, hey, Yvonne, how are you, man? Yeah. And they, and they come and they're walking towards you and you're thinking, oh shit, I really just, I just fuck, wanna, yeah. I just wanted to just have my lunch. Uh, hey Gary, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, yeah. You mind if I take it? Yeah, go for it. Sit down. All of a sudden he's sitting next to you and he's got, I don't know, a tuna sandwich. And while you go- you're eating. <laughs> <laughs> while you're eating last night. This is why I told you I put headphones in. Barbecue no face. sit next to me. No, no, but, but he's I know what you. you're saying. He hasn't, yes, he hasn't noticed your feel, seamless pods yet. I would yet. feel uncomfortable. Would you? Well, if I'm sitting there eating like mad spare ribs and like getting my fingers dirty and like <laughs> eating like skewers, the whole- chicken and a steak, <laughs> I would. You would? A okay, I'm bit. glad I'm glad not the only one. A little bit, I would. I can't that I have fat cheat meals all the time, but you know, sometimes you're like, damn, that's gonna be good and as I've as I've ripened in my old age, I tend not to give a shit what people think as much, so I tend to just eat. You've got this love hate relationship with age. Like last week you were like, No, fuck that man, I was a pussy, I was talking about and now you're like, now I'm a ripe old age. <laughs> Constant battle, constant struggle. But the the thing that I've got that, that's a kind of a challenge. This is what I really I don't understand. I've I've battled with this for a while. Yeah. Is sometimes if I haven't got any leftovers. Yeah. And I can't be bothered going out, and it's just one of those days where I just feel like having them. I'll have like noodles or a noodle cup. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. And without fail, yeah. I'd say ninety five percent of the time, wherever I've been, yeah, I have a noodle cup. Some people come up as a joke and like. Oh, times are tougher. And I was like, fuck? it's a fucking noodle cup. I'm not like some college student eating ramen noodles all the time. Like, I can, like, I can see what they mean though. It's like, know, it's like this. Cause it's, it's like, only like 30 cents or 60 cents a bowl. So it's, it's cheap stuff. It's cheap food. But I'm like, uh, do, do people just collect it just cause it's tough? Like, Sometimes I just like eating noodles. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it is cheap. You can eat like five days worth of noodles for less than four dollars seventy-two. <laughs> but yeah. at the same time, I enjoy eating noodles sometimes a, a in a cup. Of noodles, yeah, yeah. Well, but enough. a few people have actually come past and have just made a comment like, "Oh, it's pretty gourmet." <laughs> or, or I'm like, "Yeah, it is." Or uh, tough times are. So now I just go with it. If, if someone even walks up and goes, "Oh, what are you having for lunch?" I go like. Noodles, tough times are tough. So I just go with <laughs> it and I it. say it before someone else does. Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> so if anyone like listens to the podcast and you see me eating noodles, fuck off. Stop talking to, talk <laughs> to me. You know what? No, no, I'll go a step further. If, you, if you're at the lunchroom with Yvonne, leave him alone. <laughs> just, just don't talk to <laughs> just me. Just don't talk to him. Just you know leave. why? Because I, I, I and like... If he's, and if you say, do you mind if I sit next to you and he politely says, yes, he's bullshitting. Yes, he's I'm lying I'm... to you. <laughs> Because I, 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 when I'm at work, I like it takes me a lot to level up as an introvert to talk to people in general. Yeah. Right. So when I'm in win my work mode, I'm working, working, working. Make a phone call, blah blah blah. Email people, talk, have conversations, meetings. That when it comes to lunch, yeah, I do not like talking about work at all over lunch. Yeah, me too. It's my time to switch off so I can recharge. Yeah. And re-energize, ready to go for the rest of the day. Like, I remember this one. Like, this was like probably eight years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And I work for this one company and 
they hired someone to be like the national or regional manager or something. And they had no idea of the industry. Yeah. Like no idea. They had no experience in it, no experience in recruitment. They, you could just tell as soon as they walked in the door, they had terrible people skills. They, and we were, it was like a, it was a nonprofit as well. So yeah. you had to be empathetic towards your client yeah. because they're going through challenges. It wasn't, Super, even a yes, it's not for profit. There was KPIs and stuff like that. But if you put KPI and sales front and center yeah. at that not for profit, you you wouldn't be able to do well for the for the person that you're serving. Mm-hmm. You had to put like empathy and helping people. Yeah, anyway, yeah. <clears throat> so their personality did not speak to the values at all. I'm sitting down having lunch, right? And they literally just walk through the back door and then as I'm eating my lunch, and we, it was time 30-minute break. Like, you know those places okay, where yeah, you work yeah. and it's like 30 minutes. When it's 31 minutes, people start looking. Yeah, yeah. I hate that oh, shit. Man. I never do that to no one. No, no. Like, I don't care. Just as do long your job. As have an hour and 15. Just, just have your hour and 15. you have an hour, or 45 minutes, an hour 15, you need to go do shopping, you want to take 10. I don't care. It's just, just do as long as you do your work <laughs> just do and you perform. But they, there was like one of those things where it was like 30 minutes. Yeah. So I'm sitting down, eating my food, back kitchen, not wanting to be spoken to. Yeah. And new manager walks in. So oh, oh, how many targets do we achieve this month? I was like, the fuck? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, man. Like, I'm having my fucking ramen noodles, let me bitch. Eat my noodles. Like, what the fuck are you asking me about that for? Like, I don't Hello, <laughs> who are you? Like, hi, welcome to the like just so how many targets you achieved? It's like just just stop. They <laughs> just didn't last leave long. me alone. They just... did not last long, put it that way. <laughs> you executed them. <laughs> no, <laughs> just they just didn't last. Uh, I'm on my lunch break. I like to do. Um, I like watching comedy skits. It's like like look TV show skits, comedy skits, Saturday Night Live, that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's just I don't know. Like, like stand up comedy stuff. Yeah, whatever. Anything is just funny. I like yeah. watching funny shit. And we've got another got another guy at work. He he kind of likes similar type of similar type of humor, and he often bring something up and I don't know I feel like talking about work whilst your mouth is full of ramen noodles is probably not the um a most appropriate time yeah so anyways good. let's talk about today's topic right so <clears throat> the last um you know I'm, I'm big on sports biographies and yeah. just just people like just biographies in general yeah. okay well you were telling me about the Michael Jordan the Michael Jordan one, one. I'm, which I'm, I'm yet to watch by the yeah, way yeah I'm only still halfway through I probably maybe episode episode 6 or something I think there's like 10 or 12 episodes okay. anyways I just love, I love when special, great people do amazing things. And, mm. and and I like it even better when, and it's always the case, right? They come from these like real humble beginnings, poor families. And you can obviously tell where the inspiration comes from, right? It's like, I'm either in the pits or I'm going to work my ass off and I'm going to become this professional. Chip on the shoulder type success. Yeah. And I think that's what makes a lot of these sports stars. It's yeah. like great. I could be wrong, but I think a lot of the great sports stars individually in their sports, if you look at their backgrounds, majority of them are less privileged yeah. slash even poverty. Okay. Yeah. Because they've just got that drive. It's natural. You know, you you're you're in the pits, you're living in housing commission or what life might be good anyways with your upbringing, but yeah. you don't like your surroundings. You don't like the fact that you're, you know, sharing a bedroom with your four other brothers. Yeah. You want you want to achieve stardom and greatness. Yeah. Fast forward, they train like demons, they become your Michael Jordans, Mike Tysons, they become you become like your Diego Maradonas, um, the sports stars. But even like uh, not even just sports stars, but people that are like singers, for example. Yeah, musicians. Yeah, musicians. They somehow they just like somewhere in in the pits, and they just they've just become 
great. Great. Yeah. I love that. I love watching that kind of stuff. But um, I've been watching a few, and I'm not, and I don't think the Michael Jordan one's gonna be like that because I haven't. I know a bit about Michael Jordan, but I don't think it's gonna be like that because I think he's pretty kind of you know, you know, I guess as straighty one eighty as you can possibly be. But I've just noticed there's this rise and fall. Mm. And when I say I say fall, I use the term fall lightly because a lot of the times they kind of get back on their feet. And it's, but there's this, there's this, this with multiple multiple variants of fall, multiple variants of fall. Whether it's through drug addiction, whether it's through gambling, whether it's through their personal life, whether it's the fact that they lose concentration in their training and Injury. they, injuries, whatever it is. But there's a trigger. There's something that happens. Yeah. And then there's just this fall. But yeah. it's a fall because they have. All their all the media eyes on them, yeah. so the the fall is exacerbated, and they're coming from a fall from some level of achieved status. Exactly, so therefore it's a fall. Exactly. Yes. So it's like the average athlete is on like a one point, uh, say a two meter ladder. Yeah. But the Michael Jordans and the Mike Tyson's and all these great people are on like a three meter ladder. Yeah. Naturally, when you fall from a three meter ladder, it's more extravagant. Yeah. You hurt yourself more. Yeah. Um, it sounds louder. It's more, it's just, everything's big and, yeah. ex- and exemplified, you know? So I've just noticed this thing and I kind of wanted to kind of discuss with you. It's like, why does this happen? Do you know what I mean? I kind of got my ideas of why it happens, but <coughs> yeah. it's like, it's like where, like a good example for another one that oh, is like, like Justin Bieber, for example. Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure if it was in the pits or anything like that, but he's just, you know, you know, small town Canadian boy posts a few, you know, YouTube videos. Yeah ends up t- being taken up by Usher and ends up being this like super mega star. Yeah. Okay. To a point where he doesn't have, you know, his normal childhood upbringing because he's a superstar. But then, but nonetheless, that's what happens. Yeah. And then there's the fall, you know, the yeah. drug addiction, the gone a little bit crazy, all that kind of stuff. And he yeah. seems to have, with his music lately, seems to have kind of, I, I guess, in a Taken sense. Taken a turn to the, for, for the better. For the better. Yeah. But there was a period there where everyone's like, look at this kid, he's an idiot, he's doing this, he's yeah, spray painting yeah. walls. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. again, falls are, you know, I, some people might not look at that as a fall, but, you know, it's not, he's not well, keeping up with the <clears throat> the image yeah. that, uh, that he has. I mean, if you look at, um, I mean, growing up, like if you look at, for example, singers, one of the big ones that was like famous you know, back when we were growing up, for example, someone like Britney Spears, for example. Perfect example. I mean, she was like a mega... Mega. A mega star. Like, she was, like, doing commercials and Oh, she had endorsement deals coming left, right, yeah, and center. Yeah, like... Um, and and then, for whatever reason, just everything just kind of just... Just fell apart. Fell to some, some way. And it's like, I think... And, and, I mean, she'll go down as always being one of the great entertainers, right? Yeah, pop stars. Um... Whether you like the genre or not, whether you like how she sings or not, whatever, as an entertainer in that industry, her name will be set, right? She'll be known. Um, but it's a Britney bitch, exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, she, she's had that statement. Um, but what I would say, because I've got an opinion. Yeah, of uh, course, I, I, I knew you would. <laughs> uh, um, is I think I think falling from greatness. It's almost like the the entry right into becoming great and legendary. Yeah. There's a good chance that you're going to come out of it on some sort of a fall. Not all the time. All some the time, people yes. live it out forever and just and they just live it out just great. Yeah. But I mean if someone's taken like 
like has attained like real legendary status. Yeah. So for example, if I look back growing up to some of my idols when I was growing up as a childhood, like Bruce Lee, for example. Yeah. I, w- I would say that his f- fall wasn't um, like taking a mad turn and going away, but he still passed very young. Yeah. Well, that's like, like 32 or something. Yeah. So almost in that a was sense, more a it's a tragic end. It's a tragic end, but yeah. there's something that like, if you, if you were like, if you look at it as like a, a curve, for example, you're like, you're trending along and, Things are real tough. You're slugging out. You get this little blip and then you drop again and it's real hard. Yeah. But then all of a sudden you take a turn and yeah. things just go up. Yeah. Up, 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 up. And everything's really, really good. And then you just ride that for a long time. Yeah. But then something happens, whether it's a tragic event, whether it's an injury, whether it's all the other things that you mentioned Outside before. Influence. And the curve gets cut and yeah. you just fall right off the back end down yeah. the hill. It's because it's so high Because you're well so high to your point. Yeah. Um, the fall is much greater. Yeah, and and one example for you know I, I mentioned like Bruce Lee for example, legendary status will stay as a legend you know forever. Mm-hmm. People like um, you know some some of the things you mentioned before. I was recently and and last ep- I think it was last episode or the week episode no it was last episode we were talking about um, me going back to the gym. Oh right? yeah, and then I was like you know Ronnie Coleman he's so uh, great yeah buddy <laughs> yes exactly like he's a bodybuilding legend right yeah. and all around like nice guy when you hear him talk he, he's like he's real humble he's a real nice guy he's the epitome of of bodybuilding yeah legends like legend status legendary yeah yeah and he I was re- listening to him on a recent podcast as well as being interviewed and oh, was it the Joe Rogan one it was Joe Rogan's yeah, yeah, one yeah and he he. All-time great, like bodybuilding legend, yeah. right? But he has pushed his body so far beyond yeah. norm- normality of weightlifting, normality of athleticism, because just working his way the way he did, lifting the level of weights, just extreme the intensity brutality. of training, extreme brutality on his body, extreme brutality. He had. I mean, he says it's like he says you got to have like natural talent. You've got to have natural ability to do certain things. And, genetic, and he's always been big, well. right? Genetics as well. And genetics too, right? Yeah. So I think when he capitalized capitalized on that, he became super great. Yeah. But unfortunately, and you, you're still watching it happen. It's still unfolding as we speak. As we speak, he he's just so hooked on the gym, mm-hmm. on bodybuilding, because there's such a love for it. And you can't deny him of that. Like, that, no. that's just what he... Because he's, he's still mentally... That's just what he does. He's mentally he's still into sharp it. In, a, in a sense. He's like, sharp as attack. But he's, his aircraft has failed him. But his, but his body, his vehicle to bodybuilding is just... Destroyed. It's destroyed. Yeah. Like, the amount of surgeries he's had, the fusing of the spine and the neck and stuff like that. I the was spin- like... Spinal cages. He's got... He's, anything that can go wrong it, with... Uh, apart from a broken back, you know what I mean, in a, in a horrific, like, you know, motor vehicle accident, he's done it. Yeah. You know, and he's like, from the cervical spine, you know, it's it, this, generally the areas that get compromised with, you know, in, with the spine, generally the cervical spine and the lumbar spine. The thoracic spine, not so much, um, but... This is for bodybuilders? Just in general. Yeah. Because it's, there's more there's more trunk mobility in your lumbar spine. Yeah. And with the neck, there's like, obviously, we've got this bubble thing on that, which is our heads. And it's, our neck is generally quite fragile, really. Yeah. And he's just smashed everything. Everything yeah. is smashed, fused, bulged, destroyed, yeah. bolts, everything. And It's just terrible to watch. And I remember watching him, you know, back when I used to be at the gym. And there was like documentaries of him like... You know, just doing crazy just stuff. Just doing like he was in the police force. He's at the, working out the gym. Yeah. You're like, this guy is great. Yeah. Like he's truly, truly great. Yeah. And super admirable. And I was like, I looked up to him, right? 
And then I watched them on the Netflix documentary. It was called, um, what's it called? Right. Uh, the King, I think it's the called. The King or something? I think, yeah, the King. I think it's called King. King or Rise of the King. Rise King of the King or something. or something like that. And yeah. I was watching that and I was like sad. Yes. I was like, what? Like, when, when, I knew like I knew he had injuries because I follow him on Instagram yeah. and I watch him talking about, oh, I've got another surgery and he's in hospital. And I'm like, well, things aren't going well. I hope he's all right. But then when I watched that documentary, I was like, what? When did this happen? Yeah. And it's real hard to watch a true legend have the fall he you know he, he, I would, he's still a legend and yeah. his fall is kind of still going in regards but because he's going through the injuries and stuff yeah but it, it, it's ronnie, tough ronnie to commons ronnie commons an interesting one because there's obviously there's a rise and fall but he's kind of like his rise like for him to get to a rise was his mental ability yeah. which is still sharp but he's still got it but the but his mental ability yeah is what's um, making the fall worse. And I'll yeah. explain further. Because he is obsessed with working out. Yeah. He's obsessed with li- still lifting weights with a broken back. As crazy as that sounds. Yeah. For anybody that's had a broken back, the last freaking thing you want to do... And he's still big. And he's still... like He's just got this body thick on him. Right? He's thick. He's just big. He's, he's denial. Because yeah. he's in a phase of denial. Like he, I'm not a psychologist, but you look at him and you're like, Ronnie, you probably shouldn't be deadlifting anything or yeah lifting any kind of weight shoulder pressing bench pressing nothing your back is broken yeah. you have to recover okay so then his mental ability is so good and so sharp that it's actually bec- it's becoming a detriment detriment to him mm. to a point where he's in denial of the fact that he's talking about i'm gonna walk again and i love the fact that he's got that um but that's what makes him great. I know, but the it's part, part of the story, part of the problem, is the fact that it's like he needs a different approach to walking again, yeah. and his approach is the old method. Let's lift the weights, yeah, buddy, lightweight, baby. You yeah. know, he's still got that thing in him, and he's like, you know. And then there's that slide bin. I don't want to, I don't want to kind of slander his name, but you know, he's he is addicted to opioids as well, massively. Okay, you know what I mean? And well, he, you'd have to be the amount of pain that guy's in. Do you know what I mean? It's like. This is this is part of the fall. This is what I'm talking mm. about. Like these these great people get to a point where and I know it's hard for you to talk about it because he's he's your like he's one of your like you know people that you look up to. Yeah. But he's not allowing his body to recover, to recover what's deemed the right way. Do yeah. you know what I mean? But on the contrary to what I just said, if he were to say change his mind all of a sudden, yeah, I think it'll go down. It'll spiral down a completely different way. Look, if he stopped working out, he would. He'd be in big trouble. He would be in big trouble. So he's almost like in a catch-22. Damn if yeah. I do, damn if I, I don't. I think he just has to keep going. It is part of his story. He will go down in greatness, and this is his story. You don't win eight Mr. Olympias in a row yeah. because and you're okay, because you're, you're good at botting. You are like... You know, he's probably up there with, with Arnie. Probably oh. better than Arnie, to be honest. Oh, look, I think Arnold Schwarzenegger is... He's great because he, at the time, him and... Uh, is it Lee Henney? Who's the other guy that won? Um, there's eight Jake times. Cutler. Oh, eight times. Um, might have been Lee, Lee Henney, I think it was. No, he the was most a guy recent who won one. just before Schwarzenegger, six or eight times. Six oh, eight before times Schwarzenegger? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yes, Lee, Lee yes, you're right. Uh, what's his Henny? name? Yeah, there was Schwarzenegger. There was Lee. I some... wish we had a, a guy that can, like, or a guy or girl that, like, was. Just bring up stuff for us. Just bring stuff up for we'll us. We'll get that in turn one we'll day. We'll get that eventually. But yeah, he's one of three that have won it multiple times. Like multiple times. Yeah. Um, uh, Lee Haney, American former professional bodybuilder. Because there's a few other guys that have uh, like Flex Wheeler, Jay Cutler. Eight with with Ronnie Coleman. That's right. So 
I mean, when you look at someone like Ronnie Coleman, is like twice the size almost of this guy. Yeah, so Ronnie Coleman took it to a different level with genetics you know, and steroids, <laughs> and um, and just but. And I say I use the term steroids lightly because everybody was on steroids, okay? Because that's that's just what they all do, yeah. Okay, <laughs> your face is hilarious. No, I'm just like, what, what am I going to have to cut out of this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of adding up all the things. Um, you know what I mean? It's like he took it to another level. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because it's not people think, oh, you 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 take anabolic steroids and you become like Ronnie Coleman. No, there's this an immense amount of work ethic oh, that goes into it. Like it's crazy. Um, yeah, it's. I forgot I was going with this. But, um, so, I was saying, because we were talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger was, he's, he was big, right, for a, as a, a muscle builder, but I think he sculpted nicely. That's what people look at him all the time. He's different. It was a different kind of era of sculpting Yeah, well. it was. It looked much more, to me, it looked more athletic bodybuilding. Yes. That's how I look at Schwarzenegger's Whereas now there's body. just like complete like Whereas now craziness. you are Hulk now, right? Yes, yes. That's a, that's a good example. But I like the <laughs> Hulk look. Yeah. compared to the Schwarzenegger look. So I know people say, oh, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger was the greatest bodybuilder of all time. Mm-hmm. I think he was great, but when He's I was a pioneer. Someone- he was the pioneer. Schwarzenegger was the pioneer for bodybuilding. He's probably not the best bodybuilder. There's, there's guys now that are in the top 10 yeah, that but are better, I'm pretty sure, better than Schwarzenegger. Yeah, but was, was Schwarzenegger before Lee? I don't know, but to me, Schwarzenegger made Olympia what Olympia is today. I think because he was very charismatic. So Lee... Lee- yeah, well, look, anyways. Yeah, look, it's 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 one of those things, all right? Like, going back to the kind of rise and fall, you know, it's like... Are you still going there? Yeah, I'm just looking up. Oh, okay. Keep going. Um, that's all right. Yeah, it's... it's a, Like I said, he was, he's at this crossroads where he goes, do I do the Ronnie Coleman method and keep trying to walk and, you know, achieve greatness by using these old methods which are still breaking my back or do I use something completely different yeah. and fall from fall from grace yep. you know what i mean yeah i want to get another example on here and this i'm gonna, I'm gonna have a little bit of a rant here because um this this per this athlete annoys me a little bit okay um <laughs> ronda rousey he was before yes ronda rousey ronda okay. rousey he was before lee haney schwarzenegger yes so he did pioneer it then so it was schwarzenegger yes. haney, schwarzenegger haney Col- coleman, coleman. In terms of like guys okay. that were fair the, enough. That's why I can understand Schwarzenegger goes down as as being the pioneer, the pioneer, the pioneer. Well, a pioneer isn't, real... ne- isn't necessarily someone that's the best all time, yeah. but a pioneer has its place. Yeah. Okay. I know what you mean now. Speaking of pioneers, Ronda Rousey. Okay. I feel like Ronda Rousey was a pioneer yeah. for women's mixed martial arts. Yeah. Okay. Even just martial arts in general. Yeah. She. Like I know there's women martial arts, but I like using they're, they're all martial artists, yeah. with male or female, it doesn't matter. But she, on a on obviously a gender perspective, she did put it on the map. You yeah. know, Dana White was on record years before saying he would never have women in the UFC. Right. right? He's he said that he said that before, and obviously Ronda Rousey through pestering him and showing him that women have got skills and etc. And obviously they you know they've gone way better now. And because they're training with the men as well, yeah. they've just gone really, really good to a point now that some of the best fights I've ever seen oh, in the UFC good, are the chicks. Yeah, yeah, like it's just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're and and they're really good with their skill. Because yeah. men are so robust with their strength. It's all about like, I want to knock this guy's there head off. There are a lot of women in the UFC that, are that just if killers. they were to go in the cage with a guy, yeah. they would beat them. Probably would. and Like a, a normal guy, like... 
just a non-fighter type guy. No, even no, some no. of them. Even a UFC fighter. Yeah, like I they're, mean, they're you look good. At, you look at... The um, only thing that stops them is their strength in comparison. That's all. But yeah. some of them are still pretty pretty damn good. Yeah, because I would say the, the lady now with the... Uh, what's her name? You know all the names. The one with the braid. They've all got braids. But um, she versed Nunes once, I think. What's the other? Misha the, Tate? No, no, no. The oh, oh, cyborg. Cyborg. Yeah. I mean, she is like just crazy. She's like she would be. I would say she's the greatest female UFC fighter. Well, yeah. You, I know you don't keep up to date as much as I do, but the greatest female, like the goat, as they say, yeah. the greatest of all time, is Amanda Nunes right now. She's beaten. She's everybody, tough. Everybody. Everybody. And she's good on the ground. She's good on her feet. She's just amazing. Anyways, one of the people that Amanda Nunes thrashed was Ronda Rousey. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's rewind a few years back. Ronda Rousey comes into the UFC. She has her initial fight for the title with a lady called Liz Carmouche wins and goes on a succession of six or seven, I think six title defenses, which yeah. is pretty bloody good. Yeah. Okay. The problem here was Ronda Rousey's... Um, method to fighting was very basic not basic but it was very you knew what she was going to do yeah she was going to engage yeah she was going to get the clinch yeah and with her supreme judo background yeah she's going to throw you on the floor Take and, ar- and arm bar you yeah end of the fight yeah but it worked yeah, every time every time she just didn't she didn't develop her skills to a point where she was going to be she was she wasn't like developing she wasn't getting better she was just staying the same yeah meanwhile Everyone else below her was yeah. getting better because she, they've got someone to look at and some they're training. They've got to navigate they're, around their greatness now. They've got to, to navigate. Her. So she she fights a lady called Holly Holm in Australia in Melbourne, gets a head kicked in and loses. Yeah. Okay. So this is the rise, and the fall wasn't necessarily the loss because everybody loses. Yeah. Okay. Everybody loses at one time. Great champions in combat sports have always lost. Yeah. Right. Not everybody, but most of them. She just vanishes. Mm. To me, that's part of the fall. Yeah, that she didn't. It's not she doesn't she doesn't owe anyone anything. But the fact that she didn't address the loss and just vanished for like fourteen to sixteen months, yeah, and didn't do any media, nothing. To me, it was just like, really, dude? Like yeah. you're the pioneer of this sport. You put women on the map. You almost have an ob- obligation for young women at like MMA fighters to show how to deal with the loss. Yeah. Okay. So she didn't do that. Then she gets an immediate immediate title shot with Amanda Nunes. Meanwhile, the UFC promoted the crap out of Ronda Rousey returning, like the return of Ronda Rousey, and didn't even promote their champion, which I thought was shit house. Right? Yeah. She comes back. She fights. She doesn't. She in her contract, she's like, "I'm gonna sign up for this fight, but I don't want to do any media." I'm like, you. The only reason why you get paid is because the UFC is because helped take you along the journey as well. Not only just that, the media is what hypes the fight yeah. and is what pays your bills yeah. at the end. But yet you don't want to do any media. Okay. They bent over backwards and she didn't do not even not one single interview. She didn't even talk. Yeah. The only appearance she had was the weigh-in and then she got into the fight. Yeah. And then she got knocked out even worse by yeah. Amanda Nunes. <clears throat> and then she vanishes again. Yeah. This is, to me, part we of We watched the- that fight, didn't we, that day, together? Uh, I'm pretty sure remember. we did. We might have. I think it was on New Year's Eve or something. I can't remember. Anyway, she got her face punched in like 50 seconds. And then she vanishes again, which to me is part of the fall again. Because yeah. she didn't address it. And then, you know, she went and done WWE. And I've got nothing against WWE. But it's, you know, like... She went into a different, um, like, sport. Let's just say, or entertainment. Mm. Okay. And then... 
because she's a fighter or known as a fighter, she then starts bagging out these people in the WWE. Like, oh, this is a fake fight, rah, 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 rah. And I'm like, yeah. that's their craft. While she's in it? While she's in it. Oh, really? I'm like, well, why the fuck did you sign up on the dotted line to be a no, WWE? Was that part of the show, though? No, no, she's gone and tweeted and said that, you know, they're fake fights. None of these women would last in the UFC and all this kind of... And maybe they would, maybe they wouldn't. Yeah. But to me, it's left, it just leaves a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. Well, like, these are your employers. So how has she been accepted in WWE? She hasn't. Oh, really? No. I thought she'd be huge in there now. Well, she was, but then she started like, you know, getting looser lips and becoming a bit more like, oh, you know, I'm a bad bitch and this and that. And I'm just like, look, listen, it's scripted. WWE is scripted. Yeah. Okay. But I have I have huge respect for them because they still have to train really hard. They don't just fall magically. It takes to... a lot to make a good show, entertainment. Yes. And that's what they're doing. And to choreograph it yeah. all. Okay. So she didn't <clears throat> like the fact that she had to do what's called taking a bump. In, the, in, in wrestling terms, taking a bump means losing to someone. Yeah. Or like having someone fake punch you and you're like falling over and dramatically yeah, go what did on. What she so think though going into it? She just wanted to be this like invincible, like I'm Ronda Rousey. And I'm like, that's not what, like, yeah, you signed up for that. But sometimes you have to take what's called the fall or yeah. the bump. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that, to me, even though she's like kind of, you know, still making money, I guess, and she's still doing movies and whatever. To me, that's the fall. Like... She never it's really. It's almost like she wrote her that. own fall by signing up, almost. Yeah. Because what happens is, is unless you, I think this is what would happen. Not not specific to her case, but just in general, I think if you if you work if you if you work your way up into the wrestling world, mm-hmm. and you you get good, you get good, you start people start to like you, you become a character. Mm-hmm. It's like a movie. You get this arc yeah. and then all of a sudden you take over and become the next great. Yeah. You become all time great. And you're respected as well. And you're respected. There's a few well quite there'd be a few Hall of Famers or or great wrestlers where if you say the name, you're everybody like knows everybody them. knows you, right? Yeah, that's right. Whereas there'd be a few that could like kind of come in, they have a little moment go out and they were like, oh, they were kind of like the wonders. They won minute one. They came in. They didn't quite work out. Unfortunately, to me, I looked at her as a UFC fighter and she was great. She yeah. should have stayed in UFC and battled it out. And, and if she if she did lose and and did and got taken over by somebody else who was better because mm-hmm. they've trained harder, stay in the sport with humility, ride it out, knowing that you were great at one point and, you and help the bring up other people to keep going in your footsteps. Yeah. I think if she had have stayed in that regard, she probably would have been good and stayed in the greatness. But if she kind of signed her own, I guess, fall by yeah. joining something where now her story in WWE could potentially be, well, you came in, didn't quite work out, and now you're, you're, now you're forgotten. Yeah, that's right. Which is a very unfortunate because she's a good fighter, right? And she's a good good um, like movie star as well. Yeah. Like in action movies and stuff. And... Um, <coughs> Because I think she was in Expendables, and I thought yeah, she was a good Expendables, addition to that. Fast and Furious. Yeah, I think she, she was, was a good, few, good few addition movies. to that. I would say that. So, for example, one of my favorite fighters in the UFC was, like many people, McGregor. Yeah, and it's a classic example. Of super the great fighter, right? Yeah. Super great, very like charismatic, charismatic, good entertainer. He's just good on the His mic. Physic physique looked good. His his aura was good, the way he dressed and was a showman. Like, he had everything with him, right? Very quick-witted, everything. Quick-witted. Everything you can think of as of a performer yeah. slash fighter, but he had it. the trouble that comes along with it on the outside of it mm-hmm. just makes it... It just tarnish, just tarnishes it, it to does. me. It goes bad. It does. Whereas if you look at someone like who who I actually... Who, who would be my favorite would be someone like DC. Daniel yes. Cormier, right? Yeah, Daniel Cormier. 
He's humble. Yeah. He stays in the sport no he matter what. He grinds it out. He throws his 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 words out on has his little biffs on Twitter and yeah. knocks other people in the sport because there's this constant like, oh, you're not really the greatest. I'm really the greatest. You're a cheat. No, I'm part, not a cheat. That's part of selling the it's show as well. part of the show, right? Yeah, that's right. But he still maintained that humility in the sport. Yeah. And he hasn't done shit in outside life yeah. that's going to tarnish that. Yeah. And hope he doesn't. You can't You can't look at Daniel... Like once he's said and done, and he's probably maybe one or two fights away from being all said and done, you can't look back at him and go, oh, no, that was a rise and fall. It was just a rise upon a rise upon a rise. Yeah. You know, even though he's lost, and you and I were watching that John Jones... Yeah. Um, the second fight and we were both like gunning for DC to win yeah, we just yeah. kind of and when he got beat by John Jones we were like oh, I was fuck. gutted we were gutted we were both gutted, gutted. Like, his face when it came up on the, on the screen he was upset just gutted I was, gutted, was gutted, for gutted for him but you know he, he addressed the loss right then and then right he says and something there. and he goes um, someone said someone. I think it might have been Joe Rogan he said it at the time like um, what do you think of this rivalry or something like that between you know you and John Jones I forget what he was trying to um, kind of get to, but he kind of said there's no rivalry when you're two and zero, when you're um, when you're two and zero out of out of three fights yeah. or something like that. Which and is it's basically like, saying he's won. He he's won, won and I lost. Yeah, and you're like that to me. It's, it's like it's humility. Yeah. you know what I mean. And I think the part of the rise and fall is people aren't like there's there's this lack of humility. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like one of the guys I watched growing up was. Uh, well, actually, I didn't watch growing up. My, my my dad and my brother were like, this guy is the greatest soccer player of all time. And I still think to this day, he's the greatest soccer player of all time. Yeah. Diego Maradona. Okay. Yeah. This guy was just, he whether he, whether he was just naturally gifted, whatever it is, yeah. he was just a wizard on the field. And yeah. you look at him, five foot nothing, short, tubby guy with an afro. And he's still probably regarded as the best soccer player of all time. Wow, okay. But then he went down the, you know, the drugs path and oh, he just wow. went spiral. See, I don't know the story at the back so of the story. He, he, anyways, he just got, he just got done. But for, growing up, I know. He just got into the party life, cocaine, okay. all that kind of stuff. Because growing up, like I used to collect a lot of soccer cards and stuff, but yeah. I wasn't super, super, even I played sport, I wasn't super, super into yeah. soccer. So I didn't know a lot of the things I used to collect because it, it was a collectible. Yeah. But the name Maradona was yeah. like. You know who Maradona Today, is. Today, it's like Ronaldo. Exactly. Kids Messi throw around the name Ronaldo and Messi. Back in our day, it was Jordan, Michael Jordan, and Maradona. Maradona. Exactly. They were roughly around the same time. Yeah. Right? And he he done great, like, one World Cups. He he, he went to it. He left Barcelona and went to a team that almost relegated in the yeah. Italian division. So, this is unheard of. When a team almost relegates the season before... Yeah. To the second division. I'm just going to look up Maradona as right. you're talking. Yeah. He, <clears throat> he, Napoli, he went to Napoli. Yeah. And they were one or two points away from relegation the season before. Had a tumultuous relationship with the president, I think, at Barcelona. Yep. Said, fuck this, I'm out. He went to Napoli. Okay. You very rarely get a team that almost relegates the season before to the next season actually winning the competition. Mm. Okay. And then the season after that, they qual- because they won the competition, they qualified for the Champions League and then going to the final but losing in the final. That was all attributed to Diego Maradona. 
because mm. he was just a, a general. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. a ring, like a, well, you know, they, they say like a ring general, like he was like on the field, he just commanded respect. Yeah. Like you knew I'm not going to dive around, dive at this guy because he's going to dribble the ball past, past me and I'm going to look like a dickhead. Do right. you know what I mean? He just commanded that respect. See, I'm not into like sports a lot, but stuff like that makes me want to like look Watch up his greatest his. clips stuff yeah. and look at the quick he's clips just, about how he is with his football. This is not going to be like Just because I respect, <clears throat> I respect talent. Yeah. He's, I'm not going to go on a Maradona fest and we'll, we'll talk about his four where he just kind of somewhere in the, along the lines he got into he he, he probably got like a, a posse he got like a, a whole bunch of yes men yeah you know his entourage yeah this is what happens to a lot of people their entourage just constantly tell you you're the greatest Ivan you're the greatest you're the yeah, greatest yeah. and then they just go down the party life and his was a dramatic fall to the point where it's still falling for him really because he keeps being drawn into the soccer world. Even at his age now. Yeah, but they they bring him back. Someone will sign him up as a coach, right? Yeah. And he be, he's a coach, and then like three games into, he's like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore, wow. and he just leaves. So he's got this kind of like, dude, like you're just tarnishing your greatness. Yeah. But the 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 funny thing is, his his rise was so spectacular yeah. that even in the falls, he still is uh, like idolized yeah. by millions across the what world. What do you think about? Because, I mean, they, all these people have really good talent, but they seem to be getting dragged down or have some sort of an unfortunate fall after it. If you look at Australian tennis, for example, this is a very sports-centric um, kind of commentary here, but, yeah. for example, if you look at, like, an Australian tennis player, like Nick Kyrgios, for example. Yeah. He's a good tennis player. Yeah. Right? But his personality and the way he acts on the court and plays everything out and just his post- it's not even like it's like sportsman, showman kind of comedic talk. It's just like bad attitude talk. Yeah, I know what you're saying. And it's unfortunate because he's so good, but it becomes super unlikable uh, outside of the tennis. And it it's depends almost which like way you're you want writing, to look at it. It's I... almost like you're writing your own demise. It's, like you're, it's almost like you're setting yourself up for failure in the middle of being good. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I understand why people do that, that whole self-sabotage I think, thing. I think he's naturally like that. Um, it's like there's if I was like a marketing company yeah I'd know how to market Nick Kyrgios he's like tennis bad boy you know like you could market him in a sense that he's like outspoken he's edgy and rah rah but becoming like a sports purist no I'm, I'm I'd say that. McGregor was marketable like that yeah because he, he was still showman whereas tennis the reason why he's looked upon like that is because tennis is not that type of sport. Exactly. It's, it's very much a respect sport. Yeah. You know, you, there's no trash talking to the umpire, even though, what's his name? Um, there was a guy that used to do it, an American guy. I can't remember his name now. Um, it'll come to me. Like, they, it, it kind of like this whole, like, showman thing, smashing your racket on the ground. Yeah. You get people to talk about you, okay? The moment the press talks about you, you bring, mm. you're bringing attention towards you, mm. which effectively means... If you're a marketing company, if you're if you're a brand, and someone's talking about someone and they're trending, you want them to be your brand so that you so they can sell your product. Yeah. Okay. But removing that aspect of it, I agree with you. There, he's just like he's one of these guys where it's like, man, you got you got the talent to become uh, like really a, a winner. Yeah. You know, but for whatever reason, whatever it is, this is self sabotage, and that's the fall. In and some people, he hasn't even had the chance to rise yet. That's that's mm. the problem as well. You know what I mean? It's like. That's what I mean by self-sabotage. Yeah. Because like you're on your way... You're on that first part of the curve where you're on your way up. Yeah. And then it's like, why are you doing this? Like, yeah. I didn't get it. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know why there's that... That's... 
that sabotage that people do. To me, it's like you, you're you're given... But I think it's like that with many things in life. When you're given a good opportunity, for some mm. reason, some people just stuff it up for whatever reason, whether it's a relationship, whether it's like, you know, um, a, a job role. Um, it could be anything. Yeah. You know, the ability to be a parent, the opportunity to be a parent, like just stuff. I don't know. People just tend to do that for whatever reason. Um, whether it's lack of confidence, whether it's self-doubt, whether it's feeling unworthy whether it's just bitterness towards the world or people in general because of issues that have happened in your life for yeah. whatever reason. I think it's... Look, I think if someone's really great yeah, and someone's like... Even if you're if you're a legend or you're great or you're just an, an, like a normal person doing something, to me, if you have humility, like I mean like genuine humility, mm-hmm. you're in a class of people that has the ability to like do good in someone's life uh, who I personally like would highly respect. Yeah. To me, humility is such, I mean, you got this, you got this thing where you say like patience is a virtue. We, I remember you telling the story where you first heard of that, right? Yeah. It's stuck with me still to this day. It's still stuck with you to this day. It's like patience is a virtue. And that's something I've kind of like had to learn over time too. But for me, patience is big, but learning to be humble mm-hmm. to me was probably one of my biggest lessons and i'm not saying i'm the best in being humility like mm-hmm. i get cocky sometimes you too, appreciate the but i re- i respect and appreciate humility and like i think real humility yes and yeah. i think to me i would go far go so far as saying that if someone's going to have a fall mm-hmm. after the rise the 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 difference between how hard they fall compared to somebody else would be cushioned by humility yeah that's what about the Ronda Rousey example. She wasn't yes. she wasn't humble enough. And I would say that no matter what situation you find yourself in, it's coming off of that fall, you will land softer mm-hmm. and kind of plateau out and maintain your status of being great and legendary, like that legendness status, mm-hmm. dependent on how much humility and how humble you are. I think it's the platform to start to the to start the rebuild. I think if you don't, I'll go a step further. I think if you're not humble yeah. and you skip that yeah. and you go straight to wanting to get back to the rise yeah. and not acknowledge, because I think there's a lot, there's a big acknowledgement, especially if you're a sports star, athlete, singer, whatever it is, you you are that because of your talent, but you've gotten greater because of the tickets that you've sold yeah. or the merchandise that you, that you, uh, um, Support, yeah. The the people is what I'm referring to. The people, the ones that are putting the money in your pocket because mm. you're a superstar. You have, you have the responsibility yeah. to have humility, because then if you have the humility, you then build the platform, the ground base to start building back up again. Yeah. I feel like with the run going back to the Ronda Rousey, she never laid that platform. She just kept trying to be the best again. Yeah. She, I didn't like the fact that she got an immediate title shot. Yeah. And then when she did, when she got her head kicked in again, she went into another sport yeah. where everyone has been grinding it out yeah. to be, you know, the women's champion. And she just becomes the women's champion purely because of her name. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And I know the championships are given to you because, you know, there's no, they don't actually earn it. But if you don't lay that platform, people don't respect it. Yeah. I feel like you rise, you fall, you want to rise again. You can't rise again without humility. Yeah. And look, I, I, I remember because... Growing up, watching say Justin Bieber grow up, for example, and and Dewey singing is like, he was like, he had he was a good 
He's, um, he's, he's good, talented, he's got talent. swag, he, all he, that yeah, stuff. Yeah, he did. He was a good a good singer. He could entertain, like, you know, I think he did really well. Then when I saw him kind of go downhill, um, I was like, what are you doing? It's like, easy to jump on that train and go, It's easy to be like, doing? what are you doing? But then there was one time where he kind of stood up on stage. Um, and I think it might have been after, like, I don't know what, how he's doing well, if he's, if he's doing really he's well better. now. I think he's, he's da- taken a yeah. turn, right? And he's kind of doing better. But I remember watching him like on uh, being on the roast. Like he got roasted, right? Yeah. He was on stage oh, this and one, everyone yeah. was roasting him. It was a really funny episode, right? They're roasting him this and that, this and that. But, but he then took at the it end, on the chin hard. He took like, it on the chin. Good. And then Sorry, at the end, hard. he gave a talk at the end of it where, you know, after you do your roast, you kind of have your little speech. You kind of go back and you roast everybody else a little bit. Yeah. But I think it was on that, on that stage where... He then kind of gave his story about, you know, like, you know, I made some mistakes, this, this, and that. And it was in that moment that I was like, respect. Yeah. As soon as somebody, if they make a mistake, when someone turns around and says, you know what? I fucked up. Yeah. I didn't do the right thing. I disappointed a few people along the way. I'm telling you right now. I know now. a lot of people got let down because you, you kind of waged on you me a little bit. You supported me. You've, you supported yeah. me. I made a mistake. But here I am. With my guard down, mm-hmm. being fully vulnerable, laying it all out on the table, willing to take it on the chin as you've done it, I'm sorry. And genuinely mean it. Yeah, perfect. And then continue on with what you've just said from here on because in. Because you're still great. Absolute respect. Yeah. I, I have super respect for that. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's what I, I was going to say. I was, there was another person I was going to mention, but I can't quite... I can't there's quite a, look, there's, there's a few. And, and th- I don't think they were... Uh, and there's, there's a lot to be said for those who just rise and keep rising. Like we're talking about tennis. Like one guy that I love watching is Roger Federer, right? Yeah. He is a straighty 180 as you can as But you humble imagine. again. But super humble. Yep. Doesn't doesn't get involved in the bullshit yep. on the outside. Yeah, he's got endorsements and stuff like yep. that. He has responsibilities and the spotlight on him like everyone else. But somehow manages to keep his family. You know, he's I think he's got twins or triplets or something like that. You know, um, he's just... Just a good role model. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then there's ones that really catch you off guard. The one that probably caught me off guard the most was Tiger Woods, right? Yeah. This guy's like, if if it wasn't for all that stuff that happened, he would probably by now would have broken the uh, the record for the most major tournaments yeah. won. But then he had that like drastic fall where, yeah. you know, he, he, you know, how he had the whole like the, the affairs with yeah, all yeah. the, you know, Ladies, <laughs> yeah. and um, he, uh, I was just like watching this. And I'm thinking, wow, I can't believe I'm watching this. This is Tiger Woods, first ever billionaire sportsman, yeah, and he's like catapulting and falling like an avalanche. Like every day, a new stripper was coming out, going, "Oh yeah, I mean Tiger Woods," and he's like, it was just like this was like really bad. Well, yeah, what's unfortunate is that he didn't, he didn't get injured or damage himself physically in a sport where he couldn't perform. I think just the external events happening like detracted him from being able to play golf. Well, I think his ego well. got to a point where he thought he was invincible enough to do whatever he wanted, including being unfaithful to his wife. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then because he had spent such a long time away from the sport, by the time he came back, he rushed it. Then he got the injuries okay. to a point where I think recently, last year, he won his first major since all that oh, had really? happened. So it's good to... And, so and is he getting back to his spot yeah, to, where he was his, before? Oh, no, I don't know if he would ever get back to that pinnacle of where he was. Yeah. He might. You know, golf's one of those games where you can kind of play until you're like 50. You yeah. Know? Um, but 
he got to a point where it's like he rose like as high as he can get as an athlete yeah. and then fall, fell bad, really bad. Yeah. He addressed everything. He was like, yeah, what I did was wrong, yada, yada, yada. Got back to golf, did his back, did his knee, surgery after surgery. And then he got to his point where he, you know, he's probably not as good as what he was before, but you can respect the fact that he's he's at it, you yeah. know? It's like, I just find it interesting how it's, it's, it's the classic athlete, singer, movie star, TV personality. Yeah. It's so common. And I'm thinking, is it common because, kind of in a sense to wrap it up, is it common because there's so much spotlight on them? Because I'm sure there's a lot of athletes. Look, I think a lot of people day to day have a fall. Yeah. Like you know, a fall, like a serious fall. Yeah. Because, okay. I mean, it's very easy to be like kind of, and we've, I think we've touched on this before about, you know, when something seems very stardom like or celebrity like, it's almost like it's difficult to attain. You can't relate. Mm but day to day, there are people who, you know, have a great, great family. Like if you're a guy and you get married, you've got a great wife. If, you know, if you're, if you're a woman, you've been married and you've got a, a great guy. Like it, it can happen to anyone, but it's like you, you get a really good family. You, you've got some kids, like you, your career's going well, but then you get caught up in something. Mm. And. <clears throat> for whatever reason, it just starts, the thread gets pulled and starts to fall apart. Yeah. And, and they've, it's like, you had everything great and then you kind of look back and you're like, like everything was going so well for you. It's like, what happened? What happened? Yeah. So I think it can happen to anybody yeah. in everyday life and it happens yeah. all the time. I think a lot of it is as well is like the outside influence as well. There's, there's the, the posse, the entourage, like yeah. everyone, by the time you get to a point where you're so rich, yeah. you've, got, you've got someone collecting your mail for you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, you probably pay that person 50 or 60 grand a year and they're just like a friend from school. Yeah. You know, they're like leeches. Do you know what I mean? Are they a friend? Are they not? And then eventually these people cloud your judgment yeah. as well. You get to a point where you're like, well, they oh, fuck that reporter. Why, 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 why did he write this about me? And then his posse just goes, yeah, man, that reporter's an idiot. Instead of maybe a friend saying, you know what? He's, that reporter's right. He, you did say this and you did say that. Yeah. And it kind of feeds the ego. And that I think that's what transcends them into the fall. Yeah. I think it's a lot of outside influence as well. But nonetheless, I found I find it interesting. And I'm, I'm curious watching the, the last dance with the... Um, Michael Jordan documentary whether there is a fall somewhere I'm trying to kind of like I know his story kind of but I don't know the, the intricacies so well, st- sitting back from the outside and, and looking in and having grown up you know him being like the idol basketball player for example yeah. I still see him as being like you know great the thing that stands out for me is it was in basketball and then he kind of stepped out of it for a while went while to, to me he was great went, went into baseball, baseball yeah. had a crack at it was probably better than a lot of normal average baseball players anyway because he's just athletic. But it wasn't Michael but it Jordan-esque wasn't, he wasn't, in, in a he baseball. He wasn't the Michael Jordan of baseball. Exactly. And then left that and then I think he went back to basketball a little bit. And it was, never was really the same. And never was the same, but then kind of just leveled it out. But f- from sitting on the outside in whether I was just naive and I haven't heard anything, but it seems like he was... He still stands up there where a lot of people are like, but he's still great. He's still MJ. Like, that's, still that's Michael Jordan yeah. there, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. So I hope we don't have our uh, fall off the back of the podcast. Uh, you know what? This is interesting, though. This is interesting, and I've always viewed this right. Not not about this, but just you get like in a pe- you get like a peanut butter endorsement deal and go crazy. No. <laughs> what I'd say, <laughs> it's like, hi, I'm Yvonne. I'm swimming in peanut butter. There's photos like- of me like naked with peanut butter, or of me like, oh, these explicit photos. He's so terrible. <laughs> what I would say, go so far as saying is, 
I think that a lot of people are great, but everyone in life has probably had something that's like baggage, for example. Yeah. And for whatever reason, whether it's... The skeleton in the closet. It's the skeleton in the closet for a lot of people, oh, right? Yeah. It's like... No one's perfect. No one's perfect. No. You know what I mean? And for a lot of great people, not not so much the examples, we probably could have had a whole other podcast on this, but it's related in some regard because it contributes to a lot of people's falls. Yeah. It's like you're great for so long. And then there was something that happened like 45 years ago, 30 years ago where... Someone digs it up. Someone digs it up. And at the time, it's like... Because they're looking to, to, to throw you down the hole. Yeah, yeah. But at the time, it was like, all right, well, if you look back on it now, it looks bad. But at the time, it wasn't it wasn't perceived as bad, Yeah. right? Or, all right, it was bad. They made a mistake. But shit, everyone makes mistakes. Yeah. If you do something 25 years ago... Yeah. And you've done so much good after it. Like genuinely done good. Like yeah. your heart is in the right spot. Does it mean you're a bad person? And no, that contributes definitely. to a lot of people's falls, right? Yeah. So I'm just like, and you know how I said, like, I think it's almost like, it's almost like having a fall is the rite of passage to legendary status for many people. Interesting point of view. Okay. Right? So I'm it's almost like, like they need the fall to be great. Yeah. Ah, okay. I see what And I'm thinking to myself, I'm I never like, thought of it that way. I'm like, I've thought about this many times and I'm like, I'm like, I wonder what is going to be my demise. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> the peanut butter explicit photos. Like, I'm just like, I wonder what's going to be mine. Right? Some some random some random Instagram shit post I said, or some tweet, something I said some on the podcast. Thing. Like I said something once, I put a photo up once, I had an opinion once, I told someone something once. I'm like, what is it going to be? And it was interesting because like there's different views on this. And it's like, you know, if if no one knows who he is, but many people probably heard him on a podcast or a thing before. But for those who know Gary Vaynerchuk, he had said this. If they don't know him, go and look him up. Gary V. Gary V. Yeah. But he made a really good point. I'm like, he's like... If he was to ever run, I think he might have said something like if he was ever run for president or a politician or do something, he would literally just go out and just put it all on the table. Yeah. And it's very much like that whole eight mile Eminem scene where yeah, yeah. it's like, who do you want to go first? And Eminem's like, fuck it, I'll go first. Yeah. And he literally just vomits all of his bad stuff. Yeah. He literally just says, yep, this is what I am. Yeah. I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that. And then drops the mic and it's like, so now what? What do you got to say to me now? What do you got to say to me now? And yeah. it's literally like, do you... He's do aired you, out all the Do laundry. you just let it all out and say like, oh yeah, there was this one time in like 1937, I did like 45 racks of cocaine in the night. Like I wasn't born back then, but you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just, yeah. Just hypothetically, like I just did it. And it's like, oh, I'm so terrible. It's like, do you literally just lay it all out? Because is it... Is the fall the rite of passage to legendary status? Could it that could, be the it case? Could, it could very well be. It could very well be. Um... It's, it's interesting. I've never thought of it that way. It's like, there's two parts to that. There's the press part. There's like your publicist saying, this is not a good move. You know, you probably shouldn't air this out because it's not going to win you the, the election, yep. et cetera, et cetera. But there's a part of it where you just go, well, if you're as real, and this has come back to a lot of the episodes we've had in the past, but if you're as real as possible, you're kind of like, you're not really... There's nothing else to be said about you. Yeah. So if people are going to elect you or choose you for whatever reason, yeah. then they're choosing you for who you are. Yeah. Not for what um, your media company is perceiving you to be, yeah. who your publicist is telling you to do, the person that's writing your speeches for you. 
there's a lot of that stuff, you know. And again, that's probably not an, an, a podcast episode on its own. But um, I like that. I think that's. I never thought of it like that. I think that. it's, it's like something you have to be Part of being great is having the fall, maybe. Yeah, and I think it's part of the the developing scar tissue before you get the wound. I like right? that. Right. And what I'd say is this: is as, as the cl- cocky closing. motherfucker I am, <laughs> I'm going to be great, right? <laughs> no, I, look, no, no, it's from, good. Coming it's good. from a place of humility, I'm I'm working hard to try and set some sort of thing up. But Sorry, man, just clean the peanut butter off your face while you're yeah, talking. Okay. <laughs> um, right, but I, like, I'd like to think that you know, I make some sort of a mark, you know, in the world, right? Yeah. As cliche as that sounds, however, something may come up, and I'm like, I think you have to be willing to accept. Whatever that is. I'm not saying I've done some like weird shit. This is not me kind of trying to put out a disclaimer. I'm just talking in general for yeah. like a lot of things that we've seen. Yeah. But there must be some stuff where there must be some things where you're like, you got to just accept the fact that shit's going to go. Someone's going to dig up something, whether it's, you know, like, for example, when I was a kid, I kicked the ball and it hit the birdcage. Mm-hmm. I was like seven years old and yeah. the birdcage fell and the budgie flew out. Yeah. That budgie didn't survive. Yeah. <laughs> so. Am I like bad towards animals now? <laughs> it's, someone writes it, but probably. someone could write that and be like, "Oh, you know, Ivan, like, you know, killed a bird." It's like I think it's it's that kind of you know, and just gets turned into and in and in thirty five, forty, fifty years time, yeah, hurting birds might be the thing in twenty seventy six. That's the bad thing, yeah, right. And you heard, and bird. all of a sudden, I accidentally hurt a bird when I was seven, yeah, by kicking a ball and hit the cage, and now I'm the worst person of all time. I think my advice to those who want to be great like yourself is just is, accept is, the fact that it could happen yes and accept the fact that it happened in it, but it also accept the fact that if you are wanting to be in that realm of stardom superstardom famous every every eye on you then it's just a given and it's not an excuse to be a dick either. no 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 i'm not saying that it's, no it's, i know it's, you're not it's, but i'm just adding that in yeah it's not an excuse to be a dick. it's it's knowing that at some point in time for whatever reason, you slip up just the slightest because this. Yeah, and I'm wondering that maybe you're just going to get an injury. Maybe it's not digging up dirt. You could get an injury. The something could happen. Glass is on you. Yeah, you just. I think you need to be able to accept that it's going to happen, but also prepare yourself. This is what a lot of people don't do. Is they is, go, oh, this might happen, but they don't prepare themselves. And I for think the preparation. It. The preparation is the key. Is humility. The well, yeah. And doing good. Doing good, good so that you've got enough things to like own it. Own it yeah. and be like, you know what? This is my fall. I had an injury. I should have shouldn't have pushed myself as well. You can't say I should have prepared or whatever. I, acknowledging mistakes. Acknowledging mistakes. Unfortunately, I've got injuries, but they are what they are. Or I shouldn't have, you know, had too many binging weekends. Whatever it is. Yeah. But if you've done enough good at the end, hopefully it will cushion your fall and you'll still be respected at the end of it. And you can then teach other people the same sort of lesson. Well, that's that's the other thing as well. Humility carries forward, carries forward, and it teaches people a lot of things. Like everybody knows the formula to be great at something. Yeah, it's whether they want to put the work into it. That's yeah. that's the first thing. Secondly, if you're teaching humility, that is another lesson on its own. And if those two combined, then everyone has the ability to rise. Yeah, and hopefully not fall. But if they do, the humility aspect, as you said, um, enables you to kind of repair whatever damage. Is done. Yeah. Okay. Well, on that note. Well, I've got another skeleton in the closet. One day when I was a kid, I flicked ice cream on a car. <laughs> Damn it. I was like 10 years old, so you can't blame me for it. <laughs> My mom threatened to call security too. I was like, no, mom, please don't. <laughs> All right, guys. Journeytoever.com um, if you want to reach out to us. And on that note, we will uh, 
Peace out. Wrap it up. Laters. See you guys. Bye. Bye. That was good. I wonder what you can call this episode. I think I need to release my arm, man. I'm getting this like tingly tip on my finger. I've noticed how you were sitting that whole time. Do you think it could be that? Yeah, I'm getting you, nervous because I'm like, like no, I feel no, like no. it's like you, twanging my chest. I'm like, what's no, going no. on? No, you, no, you, you, you kind of sit a little bit awkward. Because we need to get this arm thing right, but I like yeah, to like, gotta, kick back. Arms, but I'm like leaning down, I'm, like, my, I'm getting like pins and needles in my finger. And I don't know if it's like a nerve thing. And I'm like, we'll release the I'm like, Doc, later. can you like, Yeah. you should like release it. What live on there? Have a flick and tell no, me right now. I don't know. Is it gonna hurt? Oh, this water's in the way. Wait. Your flexors are a little bit tight. Is it tight? You just bend your elbow a little bit. Because I was like, See, feeling... is that there? You ready? Yeah. Is it gonna hurt? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. It's, it's a quick. It's a quick zap. Oh shit! <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I feel now my fingers tingling. Yeah, dang! I reset the, I just reset now. the nerve. You reset the nerve. Yeah, Fuck, I love it's like a ju- it's like a jump start. It's so good. Yeah. I don't it? know, man. That's All not right. that's not that's just like a quick fix. That's right. not the the full thing. I wonder if you could hear that was audible pop. Probably. Dang! All right, man. I'm gonna go. I gotta go to the bathroom too. All right, see you, man. Bye. <laughs> Bye.